0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You Hey, everybody, welcome to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Now brought to you by Hotels.com. You're locked in with Taylor Blake Ward for the next 15 minutes or so, and uh, we have a fun filled Thursday for you. We're still talking Major League Baseball draft. If you missed yesterday's episode, you can go back to com. And check that out. We talked about the first and second round picks that have already signed Will Wilson and Kyron Paris. Today we're gonna talk about the second day and third day draftees. Now, if you didn't know, there's 40 rounds of the draft. Rounds 3 through 10 are on the second day, and 11 through 40 are on the third day. And We're going to talk about some things we liked from both of those days, probably the uh, second day in the first segment here, and when we go to break and come back for our second segment, we're going to talk about the third day, also give a little bit of a goodbye well wishes to Tim Mead, the Vice President of Communications for the Angels, leaving after 40 years. That happened on Tuesday, but uh, I want to send some well wishes to Tim, great guy, for tomorrow's show, we're going to have Michael Broskowski, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Orem Owls. They start their season tonight. But let's get underway. Before we do anything, though, i got to remind you to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels. You can follow me personally at Taylor Blake Ward. Also, make sure to download today's podcast or any of the episodes through the Lockdown Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya Podcasting app, free and easy to download through your Apple app or Google Play Store. Let's get this rolling, though. Like we said, the Major League Baseball draft is three days, and the second day of the draft is the third through tenth rounds. And as a generalization, the first ten players drafted—that's where the bonus pool kind of figures in. You're allotted a bonus pool, and that's where the majority of your money is going to go. After the tenth round, you can sign players for over 125, or up to 125,000. And beyond that, it starts going into your bonus pool. So the end of uh, day two, you see a lot of college seniors taken. You even in the middle of day two, you see a lot of college seniors taken because they're going to sign for well below slot. Sometimes uh, you know five, ten thousand dollars. But for this Angels draft, the Angels only did take one college senior it was a five-year senior chad sykes in the 10th round they took between day two and day three they took 28 pitchers and actually if you if you're familiar with the draft a little bit they took spencer jones who is a southern california prep guy he's going to go to vanderbilt uh, but he's a pitcher and an outfield first baseman a two-way player the top one in the nation so technically they took 29 of their last 38 picks were pitchers the entire day three was pitchers. Chad Sykes, we brought him up from UNC Greensboro. But there were some familiar names. If, if you're familiar with the draft process, you've heard a few of these names. Davis Daniels, Zach Lingenfelter, Garrett Stallings all did something out of high school to kind of give themselves a name and decided to opt for college. So let's go with the, the college crop here and start with the fifth-round pick, Garrett Stallings. Now, Gareth Stallings is a very interesting guy. It's an average fastball, maybe the low 90s, up to 93 a little bit. There's a lot of sink on it, though. He commands it well. And he works with a full arsenal beyond that sinker. He's got about four or five pitches here that he likes to work with. Does a great job of allowing them to not only run into each other, but it's called sequencing or tunneling is kind of a proper term for this. He does a great job of this. But he has a fantastic command Both within and outside of the zone, walked uh, less than almost one over those three years at Tennessee. He actually walked 1.27. His final year, his junior, and that was his total over his three years. So 1.27 per nine. That is uh, almost unmatched. It's it's incredible how good that is. Um, Had a great senior, uh, junior season, a 3.12 ERA, struck out 98 over 92 innings, walking just 13. The thing with Garrett Stallings that I like though is he has the potential to move fast. He's not there's not a lot of upside here. Uh, likely a guy that could be you know a back end starter. Maybe you can add him into the bullpen and let him play up as a little bit of a long man guy. But I like Garrett Stallings quite a bit, especially in that fifth round. That's good value there. Stallings rotation teammate Zach Lingenfelter was also taken by the Angels in the ninth round. Now he started at Tennessee just like Stallings, but a little bit of a different pitcher. He's actually kind of a two-pitch guy, throws a little harder. There's a lot more refinement that's needed here. He sits in the low to mid-90s, has a pretty good little slider that he can get over at times, but you're kind of prototypical ninth round pick that's not a senior you know you're dreaming on a little bit of upside here you're hoping things can connect but in the long run this is a likely reliever uh but two great Tennessee arms it was nice to see the Angels take some volunteers uh just personal note I I grew up with a little bit of taste for Tennessee and I'll uh Save that for some uh, off-air conversation, (laughs) but uh, good to see Stallings and Lingenfelter drafted to the same team, coming from the same rotation there at Tennessee. Sticking in the SEC, the seventh round pick, Davis Daniel out of Auburn. Now, he had Tommy John to start the year, uh, didn't really get to pitch much this last season, but There's a lot of upside in this arm, a lot of premium velocity that you really like, and also has a pair of off-speed pitches that he can command pretty well. It's still a little bit of a a raw... Raw arsenal, he's still a little bit of a smaller guy, so there's a little bit of a relief risk, especially with the injury going on. Tommy John, you have to see what happens when he comes back for next season. But an exciting guy. I think this was one of the, the better day two picks for the Angels. Uh, obviously, you only have a handful there. But Davis Daniel, an interesting guy from Auburn. Two more college pitchers, Zach Peek. Now, Zach Peak out of Winthrop. That's a Southern Carolina school um, very interesting arm. He'll run his fastball into the mid nineties and kind of uses his changeup as his best weapon. Now, there's a lot of uh dreaming to be done when it comes to Zach Peak, uh, maybe a reliever again. You know, I'm gonna continue to say that, and the reason why is you it's it's a challenging thing to pull a major league starter from the major league baseball draft. It's not just an easy process. So you take these eight guys that were drafted on day two and the other 28 or, you know, other 20 that were taken on day three. And you start believing, you know, only one of these guys has to make it for a rotation piece. And that's a big deal. You're going to pull some relievers out of this crop. So uh, Zach Peake, an interesting arm. Um, The eighth round pick, Kyle Vernovich. He comes from Elon. He was a starter behind George Kirby, who was taken with the, uh, I think, 20th uh, overall pick. I think something along those lines. But Kyle Brnovich, second uh, arm from Elon. He sits in the low 90s pretty regularly, but he does have a plus-plus pitch, and that is a curveball that is just outstanding. Uh, A lot of swing and miss to it. He locates it well. Another guy, though, you know, likely a reliever in the long run. But with a two-pitch system, you get him, his fastball playing up, you know, outside of being a starter, you get him into the low to mid-90s regularly, maybe 92 to 94 kind of arm with that big breaking ball that does well. I think that you could possibly pull a reliever out of Kyle Brnovich. At the top of day two, though, we're going to kind of go backwards here from round four to round three. So round four, Eric Rivera. Now this was a surprising one, Uh, maybe not for the Angels fans because uh, this is a very typical Angels thing, but he was drafted as a two-way player, a left-handed pitcher who sits in the mid-90s, has a little bit of feel for a breaking ball. He's been up into the high 90s at times. Uh, I think there's a little bit more potential when it comes to him being on the mound but a giant upside arm. He's a high schooler from uh, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico Baseball Academy, and I'm a little biased here. I love the flair of Puerto Rican baseball players. I think they're the most exciting thing in baseball right now, so uh, hopefully Eric Rivera can bring that flair, especially as a high-velocity lefty. They are going to allow him to hit, though. Uh, Now, it's interesting... He is kind of one of those showcase guys where the raw stuff is fantastic. He's got loud, raw power. It's uh, plus-plus raw power, but he just swings and misses during the games and struggles to kind of perform. So getting him to be able to hit the ball a little bit better, see if he has as good a hit tool as you believe – you know this is a guy that like we said there's more upside on the mound it's likely that he is destined for the uh, mound of similar to William English last year who William English very athletic guy who still has some swing and miss issues to him but he hit you know last year in Arizona they said he had a little bit of a feel for the barrel so you know this is all in the hands of Angels development but uh, Eric Rivera one of the new exciting young men of the Angels farm system a two-way player um, in the 3rd round so this was their first day 2 pick was Jack Kachinowitz, and he's a Pennsylvania prep arm. A lot of projectability, but the thing about this is you take one of these prep arms, and you see a little bit of velocity, you see a little bit of feel for things, There's tons of high school guys that throw 90 miles per hour or sit at 90 miles per hour. Um, It's it's not uncommon across the nation that these guys get. But you start seeing guys that show a little bit more advanced feel. They have pro-ready bodies. They have pro-ready pitches. That's what Jack Koshnois has. Uh, Six-foot-six, giant kid, 220, so he's got a great frame. He consistently hits his arm slot. It's a pretty high three-quarter arm slot just one of these guys that allows the ball to get on you quick. And, you know, he's going to grow a little bit. You know, maybe uh, something along the lines of staying – 92, 93, as opposed to being down, you know, 90, 91. But at the same time, you're going to pick up a little bit of velocity here. You're going to see the curveball improve. You're going to see a lot of things improve. So, Jack Kachinowitz, there's a reason why he's getting paid more. Not only that he's a high schooler, but there's more upside to him to become maybe a mid rotation back end rotation arm as opposed to a reliever like the other guys here. So, Jack Kachinowitz, your uh, third round pick for the Angels, first, second day pick. But we got to head to break. Before we do that, we got to remind you, today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. When we come back, we're going to talk about the third-day picks for the Angels. We'll be right back with more Locked On Angels right after this. Welcome back to Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, now brought to you by Hotels.com. You're locked in with Taylor Blake Ward, and I, I'm still trying to figure out that darn transition. The music always plays a little longer than I feel like it does, but so be it. We're talking Major League Baseball draft in our first segment. We talked about the second day of the three days of the draft. For the second segment, we're going to talk about the third day. Now, I don't know everything about every guy that was taken on the third day. Honestly, I didn't see, you know, the majority of these guys. I did see some, but, um, you know, you you don't know about all 40 guys, and over time, you hardly ever do. Uh, And not all these guys are going to sign Um, There's a particular few that I'm going to mention that are very unlikely to sign because they were taken, you know, just to start communication with the player. Some high school players, even a a junior college player that is very unlikely to sign. And those guys are taken at the end of the draft. And the reason for that is you've filled your roster spots. You know, you have these low minor spots in Arizona, Orem, and you're starting to pan out, see what you want to do with some other uh, teams, you know, affiliates for later in the year, later into 2000. Twenty, so you take these guys with the hopes that you know some communication can help, but the likelihood, you know, it's a less than five percent likelihood that these guys are going to sign. So let's start out with the, who those players are. Now, um, the first one that comes to mind, of course, is Spencer Jones. Now, Spencer Jones is from San Diego, uh, La Costa Canyon, to be exact. He was the best two-way player in this draft, but he broke his arm. He had a fracture in his throwing arm. It wasn't Tommy John. Uh, But it was a fracture in his throwing arm. So that kind of took his season away. A little bit of a hit to his draft stock because there was some track record of him. Even though he was a high school player, there was some track record. So there was a chance that maybe a team that took him in the second round gave him uh, a little over second round money, maybe $1.5 to $2 million. I mean, that's a big gap. But at the same time, that's kind of the range of what the money he would have been getting was. Um But the Angels took him in the 31st round. It's very unlikely he's going to sign. He's going to Vanderbilt, a great school, so the commitment already there is a little tough. Um, Another one here. Now, they took some high schoolers at the end. uh, Vincent Bianchi of Red Bank Catholic in New Jersey. I don't know anything about him, sadly. um, As well as I I did see Tyson Heaton. Now, he's from Ukaipa here in Southern California, right off the mountain from where I live. uh, 40th rounder. Uh, he's gonna go to BYU though he's committed to BYU and I think he has I think he's gonna do some missionary work before he even heads there. I don't know that for sure, so don't quote me on it but uh very unlikely he's gonna sign Levi usher was another one now very athletic guy with plenty of speed he's been hitting uh missiles. he was at Kirkwood uh, Community College in Iowa and he's gonna be transferring somewhere in the SEC believe maybe Arkansas. He's he's transferring somewhere. Um, even though he's a community college guy, very unlikely he's going to sign. Still only 19 years old, so plenty of time to uh, have his college eligibility allowed. Um, but I'm going to take you into a few guys. So the third day of the draft, like we said, you, you just don't know who these guys are for the most part. Uh, even when you cover the draft, you know a handful of them, but not really much of them. Um, but there were a few guys that I knew about that I really liked. Another guy that's not going to sign, by the way, the 20th rounder, Jared Southerd uh, another pitchability guy with a little bit of big stuff, but he announced right after the draft he's going to Texas, so he's not coming in. But there were a few guys, so I'm going to start with the 26th and 27th rounders, and that's Kyle Molnar of UCLA and Kenyon Nuvon of Oregon and i'm not sure about the likelihood that yovan's going to sign because he still has one more year eligibility at oregon and he has a chance to really move up draft boards he came into the spring as potential second maybe third round pick a lot of command of above you know average to above average pitches very exciting arm he broke his hand i want to say i believe he broke his hand and that really limited his season his junior season there um but just a fantastic piece. Uh, has pitched in big games already in his amateur career, not just at the college level, but uh, for Team USA. Uh, and as for Kyle Mulner, now he has struggled with injuries. He's had two Tommy John surgeries, uh, but he was a high school product out here in. Oh, where did he go to school? Gosh, can't even think of the school. But Kyle Mulner went to UCLA, and I followed his career for some time since high school, actually, and just one of those guys that is so advanced as a prep and he went to UCLA and his arm, it hasn't been the same since, but to get these guys in the 26th and 27th rounds, if you can sign them, these are guys that would have been, they're very similar to those second day arms, especially Kenya Novan. He actually, uh, when his stuff is on, he is likely the best of the group of the pitchers that the angels took outside of Jack Kachinowitz. um, so these are two guys that I'm definitely following along with. Another guy, Dakota Donovan. Now he was in a transfer from either Oregon or Oregon State, and I'm trying to think about it. It's in my notes. I saw him when he was there, but very impressive. He went to Central Arizona College, low ninety stuff with a good breaking ball. Tall guy gets a lot of playing. He's six foot seven, I think. Uh, maybe a little bit, maybe six foot five, six foot six, but. Tall guy, gets good playing on his fastball, gets good sink. It's in the low 90s. He went and pitched some huge games for Central Arizona College, junior college out there. Um, another guy that I'm going to be monitoring, Greg Valise. Now, he was the closer at Miami. It's mid-90s fastball with not a lot of other stuff, but he is a very electric arm. As a fastball only kind of guy. He was closing for the Miami Hurricanes. So those are some guys that I'm going to be watching for. Obviously, there's so many other guys, and we're going to learn more about them with time. And, um, you know, someone's going to pop up as a potential prospect, a potential major league caliber player at some point. There's some role players in there. We just don't know yet. Uh, you know, it's so early, and you're going to hear about people, you know, um, some guy's going to go out and hit 300 at Orem, or some guy's going to go and strike out 15 per nine at Orem, you still have to wait it out. You know, it's still rookie ball. It's still just the youth of their pro ball careers, So you still have to wait out about a year for these guys. And performance isn't exactly going to dictate what they're going to do at the major league level if they can even get to that. But, um, you know, a lot of guys here, like we said, 30 guys on day three, eight guys on day two, that's 38 guys and a lot of pitchers, and you're hoping that you know a few of those guys can become uh, relievers. A few can start. Um, the likelihood is you know some are going to sign, some aren't. It's just how the draft goes. But uh, it was an exciting draft. I really enjoyed it. I hope you all enjoyed uh, following along. I know that we didn't have uh, any podcast during that time, but if you were following along with me on Twitter and through Who's On First uh, it was a really good time for me. I had a lot of fun. The draft is my favorite time of the year. So uh, thanks for sticking with me through all that and i hope you enjoyed it as well before we close out the show i do want to send uh, some personal wishes um a dear friend of mine is leaving the angels after 40 years dear friend of many that's tim mead the vice president of communications he has held uh, almost every title there is to be held when it comes to the angels he's been there for 40 years i'm sure a lot of you are familiar with him um I I can't really put into words how kind and loving a man he is, um, and I might honestly get emotional over this. I, I I Tim is someone that you love, and you love as a family member, you love as a friend. Um, when I was going through the loss of my mother, Tim was always there, checking in. He was calling, he was texting. Um, when just I knew Tim when I was 21 years old. You know, I, I was starting there with the covering the Angels. It was my first year, and Tim took me under his wing, as he did with everyone. It wasn't just me, but this is my story about Tim and just the things that he did for me. And he really helped me grow as a man. And I've said this before. You know, I have a father, and and he's my father figure. My father is my father figure. He is the number one man in my life, if that's the way you can put it. But if I didn't have my father, Tim would be that father figure. And I know that for some people, he is that father figure who don't have fathers. And that's the kind of man he is. You love Tim Meade beyond you know, a family member, beyond uncles, beyond things like this. Um, and Tim, I don't know if you're listening or not, but if you are, thank you. Thank you for everything. And that's not the first time I've said it, but thank you for uh, being a friend being a mentor being everything that you can be for us and not just me but many others and the you're, he, so, so for the listeners Tim is heading to the Hall of Fame he's gonna become the president of the Hall of Fame and uh, Tim, the Hall of Fame is getting its best and most deserving member when you walk in and become the president of the Hall of Fame you are the most deserving man. In baseball for this, and I'm so happy for you. I'm sad that I won't see you as regularly as I do, um, but I am going to come visit you. And I, this is so silly because, you know, people leave uh, their jobs and it's like you start talking about them like they're dead. Tim is not dying, you know, Tim. <laughs> but it's just sad for us that we're not going to see Tim as regularly as we can but Tim, I'm very happy for you, and for our listeners, uh, I would just recommend, if you get the chance, head to the Baseball Hall of Fame, and get to know Tim, and get to learn about the history of the game, and understand that Tim Mead is very deserving of this, and Tim, if you're listening, have a great time, buddy, love this, enjoy this, Uh, make sure you come see Brandon and the Loganator, of course, I know that you love uh, your son, your daughter-in-law, your grandson, and I know that you're going to come out and see them regularly, but um. Enjoy this, buddy, and I love you, and have a wonderful time, all right? That's all we have for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Lockdown Angels. You can follow me personally, at Ward. Also, make sure to download today's podcast, any of the episodes through Lockdown Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya Podcasting app. Free and easy to download through your Apple app or Google Play Store. Today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends trip. Book your own with hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Uh, tomorrow's show, we're gonna have Michael Broskowski, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Orams. Another shout out to Tim Mead. I love you, buddy. To everyone listening, I'm Taylor Blake Ward for Locked On Angels. Have a wonderful Thursday, everyone.